Pierre Astier is the founder and director of the literary and film agency Astier Pechet. Pierre represents mainly French-speaking authors and French-speaking publishers. After having worked for 10 years in the art world, he created in 1988 the quarterly short story magazine Le Serpent et Aplume. In 1993, together with Claude Tarenne, he set up the eponymous publishing house Le Serpent à Plume, focusing on contemporary fiction and starting with two collections, Fiction Francais and Fiction Étranger, including authors, Canadian authors, Timothy Finley, Margaret Atwood, and the American John Teaver. One year later, he created with Tanya Capron the paperback collection. Now, what do you mean by collection? Do you mean imprint? Yeah. Series? Is it your own publishing house that did this? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. it was a collection created in the publishing house. I see, okay. See. Uh, motifs, so the uh, paperback collection motifs, the collections Essay et Documents, Musique, yeah. Serpent Noir et Disordre were launched shortly thereafter. His literary and film agency was founded in February of 2006 with... Laure Pachet, bonjour, uh, associate agent and editor at Les Classiques du Monde, Edition Zoe. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. First question, how would you define the role of a literary agent generally? Representing authors, helping them in their writing, in their creation. So editing? Editing, absolutely, that's the first step. Second step, uh, finding a publisher in their language. So for French-speaking authors, the French publishers, or French-speaking publishers in Switzerland, Canada, or uh, Belgium, or some other places. Mm, the francophonie. Uh, yeah, the francophonie, uh, which is quite large, so there's, there are lots of uh, opportunities. Then translations, it's very important, finding translations. So you would work with the best translators you could find? No, we would work with, no, with, uh, we would try to find publishers. So we, we go in many uh, fairs, book fairs. We travel a lot, as I said, we were in Russia, Estonia and Finland. We try to sell the foreign rights, translation rights to as many publishers as possible in the world. And then there are, there are the film rights, and Law is in charge of the film rights. And then all, all the other possibilities for a text to be, I mean, uh, read or listened or, you know. So we consider then that today the writers need people aware of all the possibilities for a text to, to, to circulate in the world. And um, it has become, become rather complicated for for authors to, to understand all those uh, contracts and yes, that's yes. the business. So I think that's mainly the, the, the job of, a, of an agent, okay. to accompany an author in all his uh, and her um, lives as uh, writers. But also there's uh, something else, which is that um, the authors are traveling a lot, they are invited in many fairs, festivals, 
and uh, the, agen the agenda of uh, an author today can become very complicated. So we try to help them accept or refuse invitations just in order to have an international agenda and visibility presence. and presence. Yeah, presence. So that's very important for, for authors today. Okay. Maybe it was not as important, uh, let's say, uh, 20 years ago. But today they are just invited everywhere. Yeah, so everywhere. I guess you would help them to parse all of the invitations and determine which ones were Absolutely. the best places to yeah. go for their reputation and their Absolutely. publicity. Yeah. Okay. So there are, there are the books, but there is also the author. What can we do with, with an author? Uh, an author is someone who writes, but also someone who speaks yeah. and uh, who can do conferences or, you know. So that's something that has to be, I mean, we, we have to work it. What about media appearances? Like, do you, do you work with them on that or...? Is that up to Not the publishing Not really. House, it's or? up to the publishing houses, yes, okay. uh, in each country. Right. But we, we try to be aware of what's happening in each country and uh, we, uh, we request the, the, I mean the, the, the reviews and, uh, and everything. And what about publicity itself? Again, that's the publisher or do you get involved in publicity at all or not? Well, it's the publisher. Okay. No, we can't... Okay. Uh, well, sometimes we, well, we ask for some more publicity, or, but it's up to the, the publishers, yes. So really what you're doing is, what, protecting the author's interests and trying to make them as much money as you can? Yeah, the question of the money is, uh, is uh, crucial, of course. But uh, um, it's not an obsession for us. I mean... If we have an obsession, it's to find the best publishers, okay. and sometimes the best fit for that author. Yes, right. and and sometimes it it can be a small publisher. I mean, we need to find publishers who work with passion yeah. and uh, will uh, push the book. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can be published by Penguin, but it you can fall in a in a hole and well, nothing happens. Exactly, so, you're just one of many, right? Yeah. That's, that's very important. That's why we have to know as much as we can the book markets yeah. in the world. And it's a lot of work because uh, uh, we consider that, that small book market, market can be very interesting, like Estonia, for example, yeah. where we were two weeks ago. But there's also US or, I don't know, Germany. But we have to know those book markets, how they are organized. The big companies, the groups, but also the in indies, the, the small companies. Yeah, there's some excellent work coming out of all sorts of small Absolutely. presses these days. Absolutely, there? Absolutely. Um, so, so for example, in the US, uh, it will be easier for us to find a, a small company to acquire the rights, the trans translation rights of a book uh, than big companies. We so how, do, how does that work then? The small publisher acquires the translation rights. Yeah. What does that mean? How does that work? Well, it means that they will not pay maybe as much as a big company, but we know exactly what kind of work they will do. Because they have good translators on staff or they use good translators? Yes, the editing uh, will be excellent, but also because um, 
we know that they will push the book uh, uh, with the the booksellers with the you know it's yeah it's I mean a I different think way of w working yeah which is probably more um, commoditon um, uh, as it yeah, more involved or more more passionate I don't know uh, when they publish just 20 books a year each book has to be a success they've got a um, greater risk and therefore a greater incentive yes. to make it a better more successful book yeah that's why the question of uh, big or small companies uh, big languages or small languages of course it's very important but the most important thing for us is to find the the editors who will be passionate and who will push the book see editors by editors do you mean publishers yeah yeah, it's slightly different. Yes. Yeah, the, the, the small company that comes to mind for me is Archipelago. For example, I was going with, to mention her. Yeah. Yeah, she's a client of us, yes. It's an incredible success with Nausgaard. Absolutely. And not only this Norwegian author, but some others also. She's very good, Jill. Yeah. Who is she? What's her name? Jill Schoolman. Jill Schoolman. And why is she very good? Uh, for the reasons I, I, I said, I mean, she, she's behind each book passionately. I mean, well, of course, in big companies also you can find people who have this kind of... But, I mean, I don't know. She, she, she doesn't... choice, very original choices. In big companies, they don't make original choices. They, they make choices, they choose a book, saying that, okay, it will be a success. We know that we will be able to sell 20,000 yeah. copies. Yeah. Jill, she doesn't do that. She says, I love this book. I know how to present it, to promote it, and I will do it. Yeah. And very often it works, because if she... Love the book, probably other readers will like it. But in big companies, they say, "Okay, we ne we will never find twenty thousand." Uh, they just want to make money. It yes. sounds to me like yes. And she's more interested in the quality of the the literature. Yes, and probably the the, the, the authors she chose, the big companies would have never chosen uh, those books. So you credit. Uh, although Nausgaard was hugely popular in Norway, but it's her credit to her credit that he exploded throughout North America. Probably yes, absolutely. Well, and you know she's not the only one. You you know probably Europa. Mm -hmm. huh? You know when they brought Elena Ferrante to to US. I mean, no one wanted Elena Ferrante before. I mean, no one of the, the American publishers. Yeah. And he made a very big success. So my feeling is that the, the public is always more intelligent than <laughs> what we think. And when we hear some publishers saying, no, but th this will, would not work because no, 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 all those reasons can be totally wrong because the public is intelligent. Well, the person who selected that book is intelligent. Yeah. The person who's, who reads the book and dis yeah. decides this is really valuable. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I will take an, another example. When I was a publisher in, in, in France, Le Serpent à Plume, I wanted to, to publish more African authors, French-speaking African authors. And the dis distribution was by Gallimard. And uh, the, dis the distribu distributor said, 
it, it won't work because no one is interested in African authors. Don't do that. We decided to publish seven books in a month in different collections. And it was a very big success. And it probably changed, changed everything in France for African authors. Because we toured all over France with them. Booksellers were very happy to, to welcome uh, African authors. And it changed things. When was that? Oh, that was quite a long time ago. It was in... Uh, 2002, maybe? Okay. Yeah, beginning of the century. Right. And then Gallimard created a collection of African authors. Of course, you'd already... Yeah, of course. We had already opened taken the, way. the path and... Yeah. I see. And what I was saying at that time was the people want to read African authors. It's not necessarily that they're African. It's just good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yes, it's in yes, French. Yes. yes. What about uh, Quebec authors in France? Do you go out and get any Quebec? Yeah, some of them are quite successful. Um, but Michel Tremblay, do you deal with him? Yes, Michel Tremblay, uh, Catherine Mavrak, Mavrikakis, she's uh, Greek. Monique but, Durand. Monique Durand, but uh, yeah, the, um, Daniela Ferrière, of course, but he's from Haiti. Yes, they're successful, yeah, more and, and more. Um, and also in the, in the suspense, there's one, what's his name, Senegal, who's quite successful okay. in France. But we, we have to go to, to Canada uh, s sooner or later. I mean, we've been there already, but we have to go, come back because I think there are very good authors. Also in fantasy and some... Uh, yes. Mm. The so we, ha we have to, to go. That gets to another question that I have, and it's why would you approach a particular author, and how do you, uh, yeah, how do you approach an author? Like, which, how do you decide? Well, yes, we want to represent this author. So, is it word of mouth? Is it the fact that you do a whole bunch of reading? Like, what is it? <laughs> well, up to now, now it's the, the agency is twelve years old. We haven't approached many authors. They have come, come to, to us. you, okay, mainly. But we are st starting to approach some, slowly. <laughs> because you want to expand beyond? Yeah, we would like to expand. And particularly in... F we, I mean, we have a very international list. Yeah. And, but we would like to have more French authors. We do have quite a lot, but we would like to have more. Both of us, we like working on a text with authors and we think we can bring something very I mean personal to to a text and to an author so we would like to I mean we, we can't do that with the uh, authors from Estonia or other of places of course it's, so it's really French it's your natural language and yes that's absolutely. what you love obviously and yeah. you know what we would we love doing that here in this place <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's called a, it's paradise, a, right? It's, it's a perfect uh, place for doing that kind of work. Uh, not Paris. Paris is too noisy, uh, too yeah. you know, busy. And, and here, I should mention, is right in the center of this gorgeous garden with stone walls and pebble. <laughs> uh, you may have heard, you're shuffling your feet, that's the pebbles that we're sitting on chairs on. So you commute between Paris and this lovely yeah. town, which is what? How far away from Paris? It's what an hour. Uh, an hour and twenty minutes on, by, on a train or by car. I by see. car, one okay. hour and thirty minutes. Okay. Yeah. 
so it's not very far. Of right. course, we we well, some a some more. a little more. So <laughs> we, 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 I mean, but we do stay here a lot from April to October. I mean, in the middle of winter, we become, of course, but not less. We stay in Paris more. And to talk about others, it's something new in France or everywhere that with the narrative nonfiction. We can approach authors who actually are not really authors, but we, we ask them to write a book about one subject. And that's uh, something we are yeah, doing that's more quite and new. more. And commissioning books. Even if they're not an author. Yes, exactly. So but that you, you would be working with them, obviously. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, say, we would like you to write a narrative non-fiction on these subjects and Can you give me an example? Well, we've done it last uh, year with an ecologue, ecologue, I don't know how the word in a specialist, ecologist, not ecologist, but the, the scientific part of ecology. Okay. And he is working on wolves. He's a specialist on wolves. So he wrote a narrative non-fiction on, on this subject and uh, we did it with him and now we are doing another one this year with a young uh, woman who had a, a life a very special life with her parents who were, who are uh, deaf and dumb special life and uh, I we asked her to write her life It's well, uh, you're proactive then you're yes. we try to but also there's something uh, in the agency uh, law is uh, has a creative writing uh, group. group twice a year. A group, uh, it's like a workshop? Yes. Yeah, it's a workshop. She started three years ago, four years ago, I don't know, five years More, ago. Yeah. And the authors are, who have done this uh, uh, workshop will start to be published now. Ah. So she's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that. She's the only one. I'm just stirring my espresso here. So how would you define the role of a literary agent in France and how would that differentiate from a literary agent in the US and the UK? Any difference? Yes. What's the difference? We, we have seen recently some American authors who have agents in California, for example, and California is far from all those European book markets, who are in a way booming, you know. Um, the European book markets. Yeah, particularly in Eastern Europe. When I say it's booming, I mean it has developed very fast. And they're, uh, they're buying more books in translation, is absolutely, that it? Okay. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. So for us being in French and being in, in France, I mean for us it's, e it's easier to understand all those new book markets. Yeah. Because you uh, visit them, I guess. We you? visit them. Yeah. We go to, to the book fairs. And for an agent who is in California, it's, it's a little difficult. Yeah. And there are f a few authors in U.S. who have started trying to, to have an agent in Europe. And that's quite new, I must say. It's okay. a victory. <laughs> it's a victory? <laughs> no, well, I'm joking when I say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm not totally joking. I, I think that, well, you know, the, the American agents, I mean, uh, from US, it's kind of 
an invasion we've had in the world of American authors. I'm sorry to say that because, well, you are okay. Canadian. Yes, yeah, so no, no sorry at all. <laughs> Don't be sorry at all. It has been an invasion. I mean, the publishing houses in France are full of American books. Where is the diversity? I mean, the, wor the world is much more diverse. So why are we condemned to all read, even if they are very good, the American authors? The diversity is has to be, you know, pushed. Uh, and so well, being an, ag an agent in France and doing what we do, and very interested in what's being published and written in Eastern Europe or Central Europe or, or the Arab world, or I don't know, it's just to find another equilibrium between uh, what's yeah. coming from U.S. and the rest of the world. I think that's the case in so many sort of entertainment culture areas. Mm -hmm. But you look at the, the greatest novels ever written, in my mind, and you're looking at, uh, certainly, at uh, France with, you know, Balzac and Stendhal and and then Russia, of course, with Tolstoy and yeah. Dostoevsky and Gogol yeah. and, you know, these are considered to be the greatest novels ever written, or by many, anyway. Yeah. And yet, yeah, they're not all Americans, are they? Mm-hmm. No. And not I think that's because of their commercial power. Absolutely. The, all the marketing uh, yeah. but methods. Not only, you know. But not only. In the 20th century, I think uh, many of the greatest novelists were from America. They had great novelists. Yeah, true enough. But another big difference between being an agent in France and being an agent in North America is that the authors, usually in France, they send you know, their manuscripts straight to the publishers. Well, then that used to be how it was in North America. But now they send it to the agents and the agents send it to the publishers. And in France, yeah, more and more uh, new novelists send first their manuscript to the agents. Yeah. But it's just the beginning. It, most yeah. of the novelists send their manuscript to the publisher. And when they have published two or three authors that start to be translated and published abroad, then they come to us and ask for help. Say. Yeah. And has it been that the French publishers have been resistant to dealing with agents? Or is it something else that stopped you, agents from becoming big here? And they have been resistant. Very resistant. Still, resistant. some of them are still. still resistant. They don't want to deal with agents. No. Because they mean, see them no. as a middleman, I guess. Yeah. Well, we do work with all pub French publishers. And, yes, and I was going to say, that's interesting. You work with all authors and publishers. Do you do the film rights for publishers? Is that how you work with the publishers? Film and translation Sometimes, rights. yes. Because usually it's, you don't deal with publishers. You just deal with authors because you're sort of a, not an adversarial, but you're, you're negotiating with publishers, and yet you've got both authors and publishers. Yeah. Do, they, uh, do they do that in in the United States? I don't I don't know that they do no, so they much. In France, when when an author has a, a text and wants to to sell the rights to a French publisher, the French publisher will acquire all everything everything yeah. world rights yeah. for for the life of the author and seventy years after that. Well, no, they uh, don't. Don't they just deal book by book? They don't have to 
or the author no. doesn't have to sell everything. No. No, they no, don't. No. They deal book by book. Book no? by book well, with an option, uh, an option on the, on two more books. Oh, okay, okay. A signed option. So an author is quite, I mean, blocked. And then the author will not control anything because uh, the author will n never sign a translation contract or a film contract. I mean, it's all in the hands of, of publisher. a publisher. Uh -huh. If it's a big publisher, uh, someone who is correct, I mean, the, the author will be informed of, of what's happening. But sometimes authors are not informed. And that's the big problem today. And that's why more and more authors are willing to have uh, agents, because they are not informed, just informed. That's a problem. And we tell them that the only way of being informed is to sign. If you give someone else the, the all the rights, all the rights, he or her, she will sign for you. So the only way is to sign. Right. And when the publishing house signs a deal for a film, how much does the author get? Fifty percent and sometimes less. So the publishing house gets half of everything yes. from the film. Yes, and if there is Even an agent between, yeah. it means that you said uh, it's unusual to, 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 to represent authors and publishers but or publishing houses. But it's the same in the States. Sometimes big companies like uh, Little Brown or Penguin or Random House, sometimes when they have the rights, they ask agents to sell the rights. For example, Anna Jarota in France, she yeah. sells all the rights of Little Brown and Random House, I think, in France. But for the film rights, if a publisher house handles the film rights, and but they don't prospect because they don't know how to do it, so they commission an agent to do it. Right. So there is uh, the, the fees for the agent too. So all the money has to be shared with the author, the publisher, and the agent. I see. So the authors get 40%, the publishers 40%, the agent 20%. Okay. And where do you come up with these numbers? Is it this just the industry standard? Yes. Or yes. But who says that? Will you forgive me if I go Certainly. to the doctor? Yeah. Listen, oui, 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 il est, il est, à mon avis, à midi, ça ira. Là, je pars maintenant. Ça ira. Okay. <laughs> no, that's good. I've got other you, questions here. You I'll just continue. Have lots of, so you continue with law. Law is yeah. perfectly uh, capable. I'm, cap I can capable. see that. Okay, <laughs> yes. good. So I'm sorry. I'm no, no, it's is fine. It okay? Okay. See you later. So, yes, it's a standard. Standard, yeah, okay. Uh, and it's just accepted by everyone. Yes, but more and more uh, authors are understanding that when they have an agent and the sign, they don't they don't give the rights to the publisher. They keep eighty percent and the agent twenty percent. Right. So of course now more and more prefer to keep their rights and have an agent. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's big. That's yeah. That's a very good reason to go with an agent. Yes. And the same for the translation rights. Yeah, I guess you've just answered my next question, which is uh, how, why should an, audi uh, an author do uh, business with you? And that's the one of the answers is yes. they get a much bigger cut of the film yes. rights and but the translation. But it's just, it just one of the reasons, because another reason is the publisher in the big publishing houses, they change a lot. They leave a publishing house 
go to another publishing house and each year in August, September or June, you know, you see all... Uh, Musical the, chairs. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So, one another is published by one publishing house and his publishers leaves. What should he do? Keeping the publisher or keeping the publishing house? And they are lost. So, yeah. they come to us and say, help. When they start to be translated and translated in many different countries, rights handled by many different publishing houses, they are lost. I see. Yeah. That's another reason. It's not just because of the money. You coordinate yes, everything exactly. for them. Plus there's a long-term relationship, hopefully. Yes. Yeah. And mm -hmm. sometimes in publishing houses, they don't have a one person to contact when they need help. They have their publisher for the text and someone else for the rights and someone else for the medias and someone else. So sometimes they don't have anybody. Okay, moving along then. You make uh, your money, basically. Uh, it's a percentage of whatever the author makes. That's how yes. you make your money. Yes. Do you have to know any particular kind of, do you have an expertise in any kind of law? Well, I studied a little bit law, but uh, just two or three years during my uh, studies. I studied more literature than law, but I have some expertise and I'm in charge of the contract for publishing uh, contracts and uh, film rights. Okay. But for very difficult uh, deals, for example, when we deal film rights with an American producer, we ask a lawyer. Okay, you specialize. Yes. Yeah, okay. We don't do it. What's the biggest deal you've put together for uh, a well-known American film? I think we've never done, we almost signed an option with a, a big uh, producer in North America. Actually, I think he was uh, Canadian, but anyway, North American. But we never come to the deal, we never uh, conclude the deal. Oh, okay. Okay. So most of the film rights are sold to French producers. Producers, okay. Yes. Is there a successful French film that made it into the North American market that, that you might have done some work on? No, no, not no. Not that no, you're aware no, of. Not yet. You've described your relationship, uh, the, the relationship between you and your authors. Maybe you could expand on that a little bit. What is a typical relationship with an author like? Uh, from the beginning, he, the classic one, he sends us his manuscript. We start working with him, saying, okay, this manuscript, you should change something, you, you should uh, work more on this part, this character, blah, blah, blah. And then when we think the manuscript is uh, over, is done, yeah. uh, we decide with him to which publisher we will send the text. Okay. So we give our opinion, of course. He gives his opinion, her opinion, and we decide all together to send the manuscript to five, six, seven publishers, publishing houses. I see. If he doesn't have a publisher, if he has a publisher already, we see if he wants keeping being published by this publishing house or if he wants to change. But we decide. Then we send the manuscript and then we organize meetings with the publisher 
who wants to publish and if they both agree to work together we negotiate the contract so we try to explain to the author all the different points of the contract because they don't understand anything and actually it's getting more and more difficult that's why that the french contract before it was very simple compared to north american publishing contract which are awful uh, the french one was uh, more simple but now since two years it became much more difficult yeah. so we have to explain to the author all the different choices he has when we negotiate a contract and then we sign the contract and uh, then we have to control what's coming after it means if there is a problem with the curve of the book if he doesn't agree with the title, with the curve, with, uh, and then with the media planning, and then everything, we are behind. We try not to be too present, because the, the, the publishers, they don't like to have us... Uh, interfere, yeah. Yes. So we interfere only when there is a problem, or if the author is ashamed or don't want to to ask so you become pretty friendly i guess with with a lot of your authors too i imagine yes with some of them not only we try not not to get too personal yes okay. but of course Business. yes but it's difficult not to if you're fighting for the same thing exactly together yes but we say all, always you know the agent is a, an agent a friend, a psycho, psychiatrist, psychiatrist yeah. and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've sort of asked this, but what, what is your greatest success? And who have you made the most money for? Well, I have no idea. Uh, probably, I don't know if uh, the one we made money but very interesting case, because very new in the agency, it's a Macedonian author. Because it's a, a, a very language, difficult language when we represent uh, an author from Macedonia. Yeah. And he came with his novel a few days, one week before the Frankfurt Book Fair, the big fair, okay. with his nov novel. And we say, okay, we will represent uh, you and we will present the novel in Frankfurt, but it won't be on our list because it's already, already printed. So uh, we'll do our best. In Macedonian? Yes. In, in any other language or not? No, no. No, we had just it in Macedonian, okay. which was pretty hard. But he won in uh, Frankfurt the European uh, Literary Prize, which helped a lot. And at the beginning of the fair, one of our first meetings was with an important Brazilian publisher. And we presented the few titles we wanted to present. And at the end of the appointment of the meeting, she said, OK, that's interesting, but there's just one novel that I want, this one. And she showed the flyer we had on our table on this Macedonian novel. And I said, okay, I can But she hadn't send even read it. No, 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 no. And It's just because it won the prize. He won the prize and the pitch was very attractive. And uh, I said, I can send the book. And she said, no, you don't have to because I don't read Macedonian. <laughs> right. But I will make an offer. 
Wow. And the author was uh, present at the fair. He was attending the fair. And I said, okay, but be quiet. We have not the offer yet. We, And a few hours later, I had the offer on my email sent by her assistant from Brazil. And then we sold the rights, I don't know, in 28 countries in a view, very short time time all at frankfurt or not no but not in frankfurt but you because know of. yes because of frankfurt yeah and that was very surprising because the best offer which was a very good offer came from a brazilian publishing house and uh, i don't know it was in 2008 maybe 2009 and it was the very beginning of all those markets the new markets who were able to make very important offer and to compete with other countries. Yeah, and that's probably was the most interesting situation we had because we never thought it okay. could have, have been such a success. But you have no idea how good the translation in Brazilian or Portuguese or whatever it is. You have no idea how good that or, or how faithful that translation was to the original Macedonian. No, when when they do it, actually, I think that for the Brazilian uh, translation, they made it from the English translation, because then Penguin bought the rights and many different publishers. From you? Yeah, we sold the rights in 20, I don't know, 28 countries. Okay. And we sold it for the English language. It was Penguin US okay. who bought the rights. And, and I then think they, they translated into English, and then you think the Brazilians yes, translated from the English? From English or from French, I don't remember, actually. Okay. But they probably did not make the translation from Macedonian to Portuguese. How does a pitch for a book to a publisher differ from a pitch to a film production company? Oh, it's very different. <laughs> when we pitch to a, f uh, to a producer, we never talk about the writing. We never say, okay, it's a very well-written uh, They don't care. They book. care they about don't the plot, care. right? Exactly. Yeah. And that sometimes when the publishing house, the French publishing house, houses handle the, the film rights, that's something that did not understand yet that when you are meeting, have a meeting with a, a producer, don't talk about the writing, <laughs> just talk about the plot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, with French agents, we have now a union, union of French uh, agents. Literary agents. agents. Okay. And we had a, a training, uh, a workshop about this subject okay. just two weeks ago okay. to, to, to help us to, to, to pitch to producer. When we pitch to publishing houses, we talk, of course, about the plot, but about the writing and about how many copies uh, he sold in France or his previous uh, book have been sold, right. how many translations around the world. All the commercial arguments, arguments yeah. are yeah. a bit different. Okay. Producer, he doesn't care. If the pitch is good, he wants to read if the plot is exciting and gripping. Yeah, and it's a bit disappointing with the, the publishers now that less and less we talk about the book. It's yes. more about the commercial yeah. potential. Yeah, yeah. and that's Sad. a bit disappointing. Who's the best literary agent ever? <sighs> the best literary agents ever. We have some 
models. I think that uh, Andrew Wiley, who is a who has a lot of critics, I think he's great because when we see his list, it's a great list, international list, very quality. It's not uh, bestsellers. He say high quality books, high quality novels, very international. Yeah, I think he he's a great, great, great uh, agent. But probably he has some commercial uh, technique. The technique commercial, the technique... He's tough, maybe too tough. tough. Well, yeah, he t I mean, he squeezes as much as he can out of the publishers, that's yes. for sure. And uh, he's boost, you know, bumping up all of the advances for yes. guess, authors like that, but the publishers don't, I guess. They don't have to, to follow, they just have to say no. If they want to, to play the game, that's their thoughts. But, but he has a great list. Yeah, so many well-known authors, great yes. authors, yeah. But I know that uh, he is French, Bo uh, Georges Borchardt in the uh, US. And he represents a lot of great, but he used to represent, maybe I think he's quite old. Borchardt, Georges Borchardt. And he was originally French, you say? I think so. And I he went so. to the States? Yes, but he, when he was very young. So you've, you've mentioned that, that uh, Wiley is tough. Uh, what else makes him great? His list. He's got the list, but how did he get that list? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it must he, be his reputation for getting a lot of money for his authors. That must be the, one of the main things. Yes, probably the authors know that when they are represented by this agent, their royalties <laughs> will go up. Uh, and agents and everything, of course. But I think he knows sometimes when we see the, the authors he chooses, it's before they are getting famous sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he take them once they become famous yes. but very often it's before and that's very interesting because it means that he understood who uh, could become uh, great authors yeah. and sometimes he makes strange choices uh, his French authors for example I never understood why he has chosen these French authors because I think they are not specially the best French authors mm. At one time, he had a former president, Nicolas Sarkozy. Yeah, yeah. That's strange. His wife is a famous singer, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Some people don't think she sings very well. But. I don't know. She, well, I don't like her too much, but <laughs> she maybe is not so bad. You mentioned the uh, Macedonian novelist. What are you most proud of having achieved as an agent? One of the first success of the agency, it was uh, made by Pierre, who discovered, who found out a, 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 an author published by a very small publishing house uh, in south of France. And he, the same, he sold the rights in many, many, many countries. And uh, that's the thing we can do, to find authors who are published in small imprints or even in big imprints but not translated yet because 
probably nobody understood that he could be translated or he could have an international career. Yeah. And that's something we're very proud of. To be very international, to be very present in uh, every market and uh, to promote our authors everywhere. And when we choose an author, it's because his international potential. I don't know if yeah. we can say that. He can, yeah. 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 As opposed to selling all the rights to a, a public one pub, your you know your local publishing house. He, what you're suggesting again is okay. The author should sell it to the French publisher, keep all the international rights, and have you guys sell them directly to each country because it's way more remunerative or whatever. Yes, and is. probably more efficient too. For instance, uh, you know, Asli Erdogan this year, uh, the, the, the um, Turkish woman writer, novelist published in France by Actesud. Erdogan, yeah. The same as the... Yeah, but not the not same related? because she spent five months in prison because of so her definitely writings. Not, definitely, so definitely not related. Not, not the same family. Okay. And um, when she has been in jail, Pierre immediately when we learned that she was in jail, informed everyone around the world to say, be careful, Asla Erdogan is in jail. And now, two years after, of course, she's not in jail anymore. She's in Frankfurt, welcomed by her German publisher, and uh, she is protected. She's very, all her publishers, all her translators, all her readers were very involved in uh, defending her uh, rights and reputation and... Uh, well, and just getting her out of prison, you mean? Well, getting her out, I don't know why she went out. Maybe, you know, the president, we don't exactly know how he, he acts and his logic. But now she is very, very famous, much more famous than she was before getting into jail and that's yeah. thanks to Pierre I think mostly thanks to Pierre because he said the only thing we can do is to alert everyone to inform everyone so everyone can know that an important Turkish writer is in jail because of her writings and that's something we can we can do and uh, we can be very good in uh, doing that. And in Frankfurt, two years ago, we organized something during the fair with all the journalists around the world, or our publishers, the, the president of the fair, and all together with uh, uh, media um, conference de presse. Uh, mm -hmm. Press conference, yeah. A press conference with a very important audience. And she's your client then? Yes, yeah. yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what does she write? Uh, she writes novels and uh, poetry, so it's very literary, it's not so easy. But she wrote, if she, she was in jail, it's because she worked in a Kurdish newspaper or a newspaper magazine in Turkey, very involved in the Kurdish cause. And now there is a, a collection of her articles published everywhere in Germany, in France, in, not in the uh, US. In US it's her novel. Two of her novels have been published in US. Who's your favorite author and why? <laughs> right now we have my personal author 
probably right now, but it can change every year if Good. we have another uh, great book, is uh, novelist from south of France, Marie Nazer, who writes thrillers, but with a very literary writing. She's a literary writer. Mm. It's very difficult in France to make understand that you can write literary books with genre, when we say the literature yeah. de genre. But she's absolutely great. She's powerful, like a, a Greek tragedy, you know, with this very important, not only plot, psychological writing and everything. Mm. Mm. And I think right now it's my favorite. <laughs> and her name again? Marie Neuser. N-E-U-S-E-R. And Marie has she been Nezer. translated into English yet or not? Not yet, and I hope she will be soon. Okay. We've touched on this before, but obviously the advance that a publisher pays is, is an important consideration for whether or not you're going to go with that publisher. Specifically, what else do you look for? We talked about patience a few minutes ago, yes. and that's very important because uh, sometimes we have bad experience with important advances and the wrong publisher. Like what? Like what? Like uh, a publisher who offered probably 5,000 more than other other publishing houses, and then, you know, when they publish as we said, uh, 12 books the same month that just don't do anything, that just see what's happening. And when one of the, those 12 books comes out, so they move. But if your book is not this one, I nothing see. happens. And after a while, we say, okay, maybe if we have sold the rights, to another publishing house, maybe with less money, this the sales uh, would have been uh, much more, better. Yes, and that's always a, a difficult choice. We had uh, the same problem this year with a literary book sold to a not so literary publishing house, but they offered more money. And with the, the novelist, I think we made the wrong choice. So sometimes the money is not uh, the good advisor. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it's the passion you're looking for. Yes, and the, the, the right title uh, with the right publisher, with the right publishing house at the right time. Yeah, got a lot of it's luck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, is it all about the writing when you decide to represent an author? Our agency is literary agency. Our choices are very literary. But when we have, uh, let's say, some thrillers, mysteries or detective stories, maybe we're looking more at the plot uh, than the writing. Most That's still part of the writing, though. Yes. Is but there anything other than the writing that... Ah. Is it all about the writing or is there anything else? No, I think it's... It's all about the writing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wh who are a couple of your best-known authors? 
Best known in France or abroad or both. Right now, Asli Adogan, the Turkish writer, is probably the, the best known. The best known. Godzis Milevski, the Macedonian. We have an author, I can't give the name right now, but to be published in next October, who is very, very famous in France. We have to, to keep it uh, quiet. Okay. Quiet. Is it, is it is one of those examples where you've approached? Someone to write, to commission them no, to write? No, no. Okay. He came to us. Is he an author or is he just... He's an author okay, okay. and a journalist and very... He's a famous uh, person who has been... Um, who had a bad experience uh, before with publishing houses, media, because he said something... He put himself in danger. In the intellectual Parisian scene, so now he said, "I need advice because I have not to to do the same mistakes and I've done before." Can you get into that mistake or not? What can you say that would? And what do you mean by danger? His life? Uh, no, no, not his life. His intellectual life. <laughs> his uh, his his reputation. Yes. Now we are yeah we are giving some advices not to to. Because he's young and he's... Uh... Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that in October. What about internationally? Is there someone that we would know in North America or not so much? Erdogan, maybe. In North America, we have Patrice Nganon, who is published by FSJ. He's a professor at the university, but I don't remember which one. Uh... What's his name again? Patrice Nganong. He's American from Cameroon. He writes in French, okay. and he's published by FSJ. Uh, and what does he what does he write? Oh, it's novels, literary novels, historical novels, something like I would say, like you know, Garcia Marquez, with a lot of characters, with a lot of stories in the stories. It's about Cameroon. How long does it take for you to tell if a manuscript's any good? Hmm. A few minutes to say that it's not good, but the problem is the between the not good and the good. That's a problem. But I would say that when we don't leave books uh, thinking that, okay, I will check it later or I will read it later when I have time, when we don't leave it, when, you know, at 2 o'clock in the morning... When you can't stop reading. Yes, when at 2 o'clock in the morning you're still reading the book you know that it's probably a very good one. Okay. The problem is the all in the middle. When we start a book, you say, "Okay, it's not. It's interesting, not enough to keep, keep me reading. Keep reading. Yeah. But you say, "Okay, I, I will read it again when we, I will have time." And you never have time. I see. Okay. So you leave it. Okay. And we, when you have some hesitations, you know that the publisher will have the same hesitation and probably the reader. When you don't hesitate, when you say, okay, I want to read it until the end, you know that probably the reader and the publisher will have the same reaction. Same reaction, yeah, okay. What's the best advice you've ever received from anyone? As an agent, to... to just best in your advice, life. Just in your uh, life. In our life, I can say that the better advice comes from Pierre to me, never give up. 
Never give up because he never gives up. That's great. When a publisher say no to a text, mm -hmm. he will present it to another publisher, then to another one, then to another one, and sometimes it takes years. But he never gives up. What do you What do you love about being a, a literary agent? I did not choose this job <laughs> because it was it was Pierre's idea when we stopped with the publishing house. I wanted to to start a new one, and he said, never again. It's too difficult, let's be agent, because we need uh, agencies in France. So I never choose this job, but I would say that the most exciting part of the job is when, we, when you find uh, a great manuscript, when you read a great text and say, wow, I have something in my hands, and mm -hmm. I can help these authors and that's great to, when you don't have uh, talents. It's great to help people who have talents. That's a great, the greatest part of this job is probably this one. Yeah, I think that's one of the great, greatest parts of what I do too, is I'm happy to come here and to talk to you and, uh, and hopefully have other people listen to us talking about uh, something important that you're doing. So thanks very much for taking the time hey, to talk to me. You're welcome. <laughs> I have been speaking with Pierre Astier and Laura Peche, who are co-founders and directors of the literary and film agency Astier Peche in their garden in Moutier Au Perche. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks, too.